if you brought your Bibles, and I hope that you have, turn with me uh, to the book of Ephesians. The last chapter, chapter 6 in the book of Ephesians. Um, I want to read to you verses 10 through 20, uh, because I want you to hear this whole section of scriptures in context, but I want to focus on verse 18 this, this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith, ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let us pray together. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you one more time. We thank you, Lord, for this good day and for the many blessings. We thank you for our church family, for each one, Lord, that's come out here this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the roof you put over our heads, for the nation that we live in, the freedom that we have, the many blessings you poured out on us. But we thank you most of all for your son Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him and give him so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. God, we could never, we could never do enough to repay you, to thank you. We could never make ourselves worthy of what you've done for us. But God, you knew that already. And God, you've done it anyways. You've done it because not, of, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. And so, Lord, help us to understand that and recognize that and accept that. Help us, Lord, to be the people that you've called us to be here this morning. Help us to have a heart for you. Help us, Lord, to be a witness for you. Help us to desire to be the witness for you that you've called us to be. Fill us full of your spirit, Lord, so that we'll have a boldness to go out and to speak your word to a lost and dying world. It's the only hope that they have. Lord, help us come to that realization. Lord, my prayer this morning as we go forward in this worship service is that everything that is said and done here this morning be according to your will, for your glory. Lord, have your way and your will in our midst. Lord, let your presence be known here. Lord, move by your sweet Holy Spirit, God. Stir us. 
knit us together. Draw us near to you, Lord God. If there's any among us that is lost and undone, any that's not sure where they stand with you, any that have grown cold, that have backslidden, whatever the case may be, maybe they just never knew you. God, let today be the day, Lord, that you would prick their hearts. God, they'd be convicted. They'd set aside whatever the sin is that hinders them, whatever it is that holds them back, whatever it is that is stopping them. And God, that they would turn to you and give it all to you before it's everlasting too late. Lord, let today be the day of salvation. God, I'm asking, have your way and your will in our midst of this service. Lord, have your way. God, help me not to hold nothing back. And Lord, it's all yours. God, help us get out of the way so you can be God of this service. I'm asking, Lord, again, for your anointing. I can't preach without you. I got nothing even worth saying unless you give it to me. So, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, for your holy unction, your anointing. God, pour your spirit out on us. Fill me full of your Holy Spirit, Lord. My desire is to preach your message by your power, through your authority, under your anointing. And we'll be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. Have your way and your will. We love you. We worship you. We praise your holy name. I ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. I, uh, I want to emphasize something that I had been thinking about. Um, something that we need to understand and realize. When we often talk about How do I want to say this? When we talk about what is essential parts of the worship service, what is the center, the core, the things by which we gauge what kind of worship service that we have and what level of worship service it is, I'm afraid sometimes, too often, maybe a lot of the time, We'll say preaching and singing, or things like that. Sometimes we'll say, you know, well, how the Spirit moved. But too often what we mean by that is by how much we were moved by the preaching and the singing. And if by the preaching and the singing we were talking about the Word of God, then that might be okay. But usually what we're, usually what we're basing our worship services on is performance of man. And I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, right? It might be a man that's moved by the Holy Spirit of God uh, that's under, or a woman that's under the, you know, when it comes to singing, that's under the uh, anointing of the Spirit. But still, if we're not careful, we'll look at things performance-based. Uh, when we talk about, you know, the preaching, we don't really necessarily, even though we know the right answer has to do with the scripture, we really deep down that's not really what we mean. What we really mean is how well did the man of God deliver the word of God? When we talk about the singing, we really don't necessarily mean, even though we know that that's the right answer, it's what we should think, but really deep down we don't usually necessarily mean um, how sincere the man or woman of God was whenever they lifted their voice to God in praise, really we mean is how good of a job did they do singing the songs. 
How talented were they? How well did they execute? Uh, did they use that talent for the Lord? And don't get me wrong, using that talent for the Lord is wonderful. Uh, I think the man of God, when he preaches, he should do a, a good job, right? He's doing it for God, so he should do the best that he can delivering the Word of God. But those things are performance-based, and that should not be the center or the essence of the worship service. The reading of the Word of God in prayer, that should be the, that should be the center, Right? That, that should be, the, that should be uh, what the, really sets the, the stage, the mood, the, I don't know, I, I want to be careful using that word, but you understand what I'm saying, right? In other words, for worship services, if God is going to come down and tabernacle, that means dwell amongst his people, and he is going to move on their hearts and their minds, right? And he's going to stir them, he's going to bend them to his will. I think it will be in response to his word going forward and his people praying, right? That's why he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. I think we miss that. I think we lose sometimes the importance of that. I'm going to be super honest. Don't be offended any more by this than what God would have you to be offended by. Does that make sense? I'm not saying this to be critical of you because what I'm getting ready to say is not only true about our congregation, it's true of probably every congregation in America, and it's true of me sitting there, okay? As a preacher, when I'm figuring out what scriptures I'm going to read, or... Um, the scripture reading, right? I assigned the, the scripture reading. Sister Robin done a wonderful job doing our scripture reading today, and we've had somebody different each week. I'm the one that, that picks that scripture and assigns that. One of the things that I take into mind whenever I choose that is I make sure it's not too long of a passage. Do you know why? Because every single one of us will drift off if it's too long of a passage. We'll lose focus and we'll drift off. Our minds will wander to other places. Church, it had not ought to be that way. The Word of God ought to grip us enough to keep our attention. That's a problem that we have. That is a personal problem that we have in this day, in this time. I think that it fits pretty well, the description Right, the seventh in the book of Revelation, chapter two and three, there's seven letters to seven churches. The seventh one is the church of Laodicea, and that is the one that has grown lukewarm. I think if you really think about that, right, they become complacent. Right, they're in need of nothing. That's what the scripture says there. Right, I think that is a characteristic of it. We really deep down, right. Do we, do we realize how much we need the Word of God? I think not. Or we wouldn't be so easily distracted from it. So, what am I preaching here this morning? I guess I wanted to start by making a point of how important the Word of God and prayer is. It's our daily bread. 
shouldn't be able to live without him. The word of God in prayer is connected more closely than what we realize. You realize that's communication, right? We read the word of God. God is literally, you are hearing from the mouth of God. God is speaking directly to you. And when you pray, you are speaking directly to God. It's all part of communication, right? There's both sides of that communication taking place. Yes, God moves on our hearts, right? That's what we call whenever the Holy Spirit prompts us, guides us in a, second, in a direction. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's not so subtle. Sometimes it's the flashing billboard, right? There's so often God will literally guide you to a place in his word so that the literal words will jump off the page to you to speak to your heart and whatever the situation is and whatever it is that you need in that time or God is trying to direct you to do. So I want to focus here. We look at Ephesians chapter 6. In the passage of scripture I read to you, verses 10 through 20, that is where the armor of God comes in, okay? Uh, that is what this passage of scripture is. If you grew up in church, you were taught this in Sunday school. Uh, you probably had a whole series of lessons on it. You have probably had the, you know, seen pictures, posters, maybe put on the, you know, the play armor of God that, you know, most churches, a lot of churches have for the kids, right? So you understand this. You've been through this. Um, I went through a time in my life where I prayed this every morning. I prayed these scriptures, right? <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with, with in your prayer uh, reciting God's word to him, right? Speaking God's word to him. Uh, I understood uh, that it is so important uh, that how the armor of God is put on is by prayer. That's why I want to focus on verse 18. Now there is a whole, I, I mean right now I have no intention on preaching a series of sermons out of here. If God moved me in that direction, that's exactly what I would do. But there is probably five, ten, maybe more than that sermons here in this passage of scripture that I read to you this morning, right? You could preach a whole series, at least one on each each piece of the armor of, uh, of God's armor. But I want to focus on verse 18. Now, if you look, verses 17, 18, 19, and 20, that's, one, that's actually one great big long sentence. Um, I want to hone in on verse 18, right? So start at verse 10 through 17. He's going through all the different pieces, the articles of, of uh, armor, right? The different pieces of armor. Uh, that's the armor of God that the child of God has to put on to protect themselves, to go out and do spiritual battle with. Um, then he, then in, in verse 17, when he is wrapping up what that is, right? He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the, I guess technically the last piece of armor is the helmet of salvation, right? Protects your mind and, and, <coughs> excuse me, and your thinking. And then the sword of the spirit, that's the only offensive weapon that you have. That is the word of God, right? So he's wrapping up all the pieces that make up the armor of God. And then verse 18, and I think that there is no mistake the reason this was here, right? Because all of this, right, all this armor is put on with prayer, right? That's how you get dressed. You want to know how you get dressed? It's with prayer. And then, <coughs> excuse me, verse 18, <coughs> praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You notice something? That word all in one form or another is four times there. 
I call it the four alls of prayer. That's what I'm going to preach on here in just a minute. But like I said, this is all one big long sentence here, 17, 18, 19, and 20. So with that in mind, let me read 19 and 20, right? So 18 is, you know, pray always, all prayer and supplication, right? Uh, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul is talking here in verse 19. And for me, Paul is saying, pray for me that utterance may be given to me, right? That God may give me the words to speak, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel that he might be able to boldly go and speak the word of God and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. That's a strange picture, isn't it? An ambassador in bonds, right? He's in chains. He's bound. An ambassador in bonds. I wish I could remember it all. I read one time somebody that made a, a comparison that this is as strange as a picture as a, as a train uh, in the desert, and, and, and I mean, they went through, they had a whole uh, list of things, an eagle with its wings clipped, and you know, and it goes through this whole list, and, but he intentionally, right, there's a picture that he's painting here, right, an, an ambassador in bonds, an ambassador should be free to move about to deliver the king's message, but he is just the opposite, he's in bonds, and he's saying, pray for me, that therein I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak, that I might be able to go out and do what God has called me to do. Now I want you to look, and I'll go through this as quick as I can in verse 18, what I call the four alls of prayer. He uses that little word, all, four times. Now, the first time is the word always, which if that's actually just a, a, a contraction of all and ways, right? So that, that's, the, that's the first all. So let's look at this. Let's see what he's saying here. Pray always, right? I, I guess the first thing that he's addressing is the time for prayer. When is the time for prayer? Well, that's answered right here. Pray always, right? Um, some people only pray now and then, you know, when the notion hits them or the situation pushes them to God. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says that we are to pray at all times, in all seasons, and at every opportunity. Pray always. We're to pray not only in times of danger, in times of great need, but we are to pray at all times. The truth is, is we are tempted to pray only at times when we're confronted with trials and with temptations and troubles, right? The kind of things that we cannot handle by ourselves, on our own selves, right? Those are the times that we're moved to prayer. If we're not careful, we won't have much of a prayer life until hard times hit us. And when hard times hit us, we'll have a really good prayer life. And then once we get through that, then our prayer life will begin to drift off and, 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 and taper off again, and we won't have much of a prayer life. That is not the way that it should be. Pray always. Prayer should be our first instinct. <coughs> Not our last resort. Prayer is never out of place. There is no circumstance that you will find in life when it would be inappropriate to pray. Society today is trying to push us in that direction. Uh, they mock us when we offer 
or prayers for somebody who is going through something, they say, what good does that do? <clears throat> They're moving to the time where you will be openly shamed for praying openly in public. Uh, I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but my, mark my word, society continues in the direction it is. That day will come. I am telling you, the world is wrong. Prayer is always the right thing to do. You ever in a circumstance, you ever been in a time where you said, I don't know what to do next, or I don't know what we should do, or somebody turns to you and says, well, what do you think? What should we do? I'll tell you what you should do. Pray. Pray always. It is never inappropriate. It is never out of place. I don't care if you're in a, if you're in a room full, a house full, or a big group of Christians, or if you're the only Christian there. We'll be praying that you have the boldness, just as Paul asked for, to speak the way God would have you to speak. And you step out in that boldness. Prayer is always, I don't care what anybody says, prayer is always appropriate. So we look at what he's saying here. Praying always with all, praying always with all prayer and supplication. I think we see the, the second all. Right? With all prayer and supplication. I think we see types of prayer. We see the two main big categories, types of prayer, right? There, there's a variety of, of kinds of prayer. For instance, there's, you know, what we would specifically call intercessory prayer. But I think it would fit under one of these two categories. I think all the different types of prayers that we offer, right? There's a prayer of thanksgiving, for instance. All these different types of prayer will fit under one of these two categories here that's listed as prayer and supplication, right? And so these are two different words that are used here for two different types or levels of communication with God. You have prayer and supplication. You realize that, right? Supplication is a kind of prayer. So what is the difference? What is the difference when it's talking about here prayer and supplication? Now, I understand the New Testament was originally written in Greek and it's translated in English, so sometimes we make choices on you know what words to translate and so anyways prayer here in this sense what it's talking about is praying in general right it, general praying right the word prayer is a in this sense is a very general word used to represent anything from adoration to thanksgiving to intercession right this word covers our general prayer life let me try to illustrate that. In other words, <coughs> we might say a general prayer, right? We might say a general prayer for missionaries, right? We might just in general ask God to bless our missionaries that we're supporting. We might pray a general prayer for a brother or sister in Christ, we might say, you know, just pray today, Lord, that you would bless our brother Ron as he goes about his day, or our, our brother Mike, or, uh, you know, our sister, uh, you know, or Ruby, or whoever, you know, we just in general pray, right? That's a general prayer. We might also say a prayer of Thanksgiving, right? Thanking God for our food or for the blessings he's poured out on us, right? That a lot of our prayers that we do is just in general praying. But then we have a second type, right? This translate here as supplications. This is specific 
praying, right? This is another type of praying that requires, first of all, it requires greater concentration, right? Uh, Of our mental and spiritual powers, right? It is a praying that focuses on a specific need or needs, on a specific person or persons, on a specific problem. That's what's meant here by supplications. Let me give you a real example for just a minute. You might get up in the morning and you might pray for your pastor. I hope you do. He needs your prayers, right? And so you might get up and you might say, Lord, I I just pray that you bless Brother Justin today as he goes about his his work for you. And that would be that first type of prayer, the in general. And I'm very thankful for those and very appreciative. But then again, you might have been here during Sunday school and you might have heard and you might have a little insight and you might know a little bit more and you might know that your pastor is going to preach a funeral in the morning for somebody that he doesn't really know. And you might realize, you might have enough insight to realize how difficult that is to go and try to comfort a family and preach a funeral for somebody that you don't know them, you don't really know any, you don't know much about them, you've only maybe met them a time or two, you don't, you just really don't know a whole lot, you know? So then you might, instead of just giving an in general prayer, Lord, bless my pastor, you might say, Lord, bless Brother Justin as he goes to preach this funeral in the morning. Give him the words to speak that would comfort the family and, and, and share the truth with them. You know, you, you see what I'm saying? There is a difference between praying in general, which is good, and praying specifically, the supplication, right? And so that's what he's talking about, right? With all prayers and supplication. In other words, when, when, when we're praying in general, it's like shooting a, a shotgun, right? I, I like guns and shooting and things like that, so, so I'll give you that kind of example, right? So specific, uh, uh, so, so in general, uh, praying is like that shotgun pattern, right? Shooting a shotgun, and it hits a wide pattern, right? And, 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 and you know, might hit several targets. <coughs> the supplication, the specific praying, is like aiming a rifle at a bullseye. Targeting a definite need, right? Another example is um, when we pray for missionaries. We can actually target a specific missionary. We can actually pray for uh, Brother Adam and his family, Duncan family, they're in Ecuador, right? And the, uh, the civil upheaving, and, and I think there was maybe a, a, an election or something going on, but whatever, you know, and specifically pray for specifically for their safety and for that incident. Or maybe there's been a need expressed to you. Right? A certain missionary says that we need to get Bibles in the native language to this group of people in the jungle and pray, God, God, provide a way for this, right? Provide. Maybe they've said it needs funding. Maybe it said it needs supplies. Whatever it is, you know. Particular need. When we pray for others, we can pray for a particular situation. <clears throat> when thanking God, we can thank Him for specifically, you know, God, thank you for whatever it is, you know. Maybe you're getting ready to get in your car and thank you, God, for giving me this car. You turn the key and thank, thank you, Lord, that it started, you know. When we personally are in dire circumstances, you ever notice we don't pray in general. When you're really going through something, 
you don't pray in, in general. You pray in definite terms, specific things. And here's my thought. If we are going to pray specifically for our own needs, then why not pray specifically for the needs of others? Specifically. The third all that is here in, this ver in verse 18, right? So praying always, there's the first one. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, that's the second one. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication, right? Watching thereunto with all perseverance. This is the test of prayer. The word perseverance, if you look it up, right, it means to continue in spite of difficulty or opposition, right? To continue in spite of what you might be facing. You know, I, I think about this today. We are spoiled. We are spoiled by the instant communication capabilities that are at our fingertips, right? I mean, you no longer have to wait for anything. You don't have to wait for an answer, right? Uh, you can whip out your phone and Google it. and get an, It might not be the right answer, but you can get an answer right then that you maybe you feel like it's right. Maybe it is. If we text somebody or call somebody, we expect a response right then, right? How often do you send somebody a text and you sit there and look at your phone like they were standing there looking at their phone expecting the text from you, you know? We want a response right then, right? We're used to that. We're used to instant access, right? Uh, even our internet connections have gotten so much faster, you know? Do, do you remember whenever we first had, had the internet capabilities on our phones and how slow it was? And we were just wowed that we had that connection. Now if something happens and they slow the service down a little bit, we're all, what's wrong with this stupid thing? We're used to instant, right now, right? We've got to the point that a lot of us... <coughs> Don't even watch television that is live, that goes off of a, a set schedule. We're used to on-demand. We watch what we want, watch when we want to watch. Some of us, right, we've gotten so lazy that we don't, I don't know if lazy is the right word, but so used to our convenience that we don't even hardly go to a movie theater to watch a movie because you can't pause it to go to the bathroom, you know. Why not watch it and you're in your, your convenience, your own home, you need to go to the bathroom, you just pause it, you know. You want to pop some popcorn or whatever. We've gotten used to instant, on demand. Do you know why they're building more and more? Amazon's building more and more warehouses all over the country, right? There's one right down here in Republic, right? Because they're building their infrastructure to be able to deliver faster and faster. It's not going to be long. You'll, see, you'll probably see a little drone come over, drop stuff off on your porch, you know. I mean, that could be in the future, something like that. They already employ people in vans that go down there every day, pick up stuff and run around and drop it off in a certain area, right? They're just going to continue to refine that because we have gotten used to not waiting. That's the opposite of perseverance. Remember, perseverance means to continue in spite of difficulty or oppositions. Repeatedly, the Bible instructs us to wait on God, to wait on the Lord. 
right? Uh, Psalm 24, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, uh, and he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 37, 7 tells us to rest in the Lord and wait patiently for us. One of the more uh, well-known verses of the scripture, Isaiah 40, 31 says, But uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall, and they shall walk and not faint. Wait upon the Lord. We need to realize that God does not always answer immediately. Your prayer is not an instant message. It is an instant message system with God, but it's not the kind of instant message system where God is sitting there ready, anticipating whatever your prayer is with an immediate response, answering your prayer the way that you want Him to answer it. It doesn't work that way. God's too big and knows too much, and He knows better. He knows that's not what is best, and that's not what is right, and that's not what is the answer. And so anyways, I say this, we need to realize that God does not always answer immediately. He does not always say no, and neither does he always say yes. Many times, all he says is wait. That is the message. That silence might be wait. Sometimes, I would say sometimes that silence is the answer. So we need to be patient, patient in our praying. This is the test that Paul has in mind when he says we must pray with all perseverance, right? We need to continue in spite of and keep praying. Keep praying. I heard someone say at one time, pray until the light breaks through. I've heard it used so many times about the altar. Keep praying until you get through. Until you know that you've reached heaven. Until you know that you've touched the throne. Until you know that you broke through. You got through. You know because of the peace that God gives you about it. <coughs> Keep praying. And then the last all of the, of the four alls here. For all saints. Well, that answers the question, who are we praying for? We're praying for all saints. Our prayers are to be for all saints. Saints is the shortened term referring to sanctified ones. Those that are sanctified. You know who's sanctified? The people God sanctified, right? The ones that, the, in other words, those that are saved, those that are redeemed. We are the sanctified. We've been sanctified by God, not by our own works, not by what we've done, not because we have performed some miracle or something, but because of the miracle that God has performed through his son Jesus Christ and he's cleansed us by the blood of the lamb and we are now sanctified, set apart, holy for God's use and we are one of the saints. If you are saved, you are one of the saints. And so since God is no respecter of persons, neither should we be. You know, so much of our praying is for ourselves. And that's not bad necessarily. I mean, you know, we need to pray for ourselves. That we've got to be careful, but right, we're not too careful, we're, we get a little self-centered. And that's all we pray for. It's for ourselves and those who are nearest and dearest to us. But you see, Paul is encouraging us here to cast a little wider net. A little wider prayer net. And to pray for all saints. 
you may sometimes find uh, that when you cannot pray for yourself, maybe it's a good idea to pray for somebody else. God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. It's important for us to focus on the spiritual battles others are fighting as well. And not just to be focused on ourselves and our own battles. We should pray. Definitely we should pray for all of mankind, the whole human race, all lost and saved alike. But we are told especially to pray for those who are of the household of faith, right? All saints. I, I, mutual prayer, us praying for one another, that is one of the great uh, things that bond, uh, that creates union and unity in the church and bonds us together. It's good to know that there are others in the church who are praying for you. So let me conclude with this. People often ask us for our prayers. People will come up to you and ask you for your prayers. They come to me, Jennifer, they ask us for our prayers, right? People come to us all the time asking us for our prayers. But here's my question. Do you faithfully pray for them? Do you? Many times we see others in great need, going through something rough, difficult, bad times. It may be because of their bad choices and it may be of no fault of their own but we see these things happening and we find it easier to discuss their problems with our friends or maybe church family or whatever but we find it easier to talk about the things that they're going through than to pray for them people need and want our prayers. There are millions of Christian brothers and sisters who are sitting or laying in nursing homes and in hospitals right now that need and desire our prayers, our visits also, but, but especially our prayers. We need to be praying for one another. We need to lift up our, our voices. We need uh, to keep them uh, lifted up in prayer. It is so important. So I look at this and I look at what I consider the four alls of prayer, right? When is it appropriate to prayer? What is the to pray? What is the right time for prayer? Pray always, right? At all times, in all seasons, at all at every opportunity, no matter what the situation. It's never inappropriate to pray. How do we pray? Well, there's a couple types of prayer. Right? We pray with all prayer and supplication in general and specifically. When we know specifically, sometimes we don't know, but when we do. And then, of course, there's the test of prayer, right? We don't get the answer immediately like we want or we think that we need. But we're to persevere in prayer, right? All perseverance, right? We keep on praying in spite of what we feel like is silence or no answer yet or whatever the case may be. And who do we pray for? We pray for all saints, not just the ones that you like. Pray for them all. Pray for everyone. Lift each other up in prayer. I think if we put prayer and we put the word of God back at the center, I think you'll see God do some amazing things. So at this time in our service, 
I want to ask you to stand. I'm going to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning. The Spirit of God is dealing with you. Would you come this morning? If you've got a need, if you've got a heavy burden, would you come this morning? Maybe there's somebody on your heart that you just would like to pray for. Come on and pray for them. Don't miss this opportunity. Whatever it is, maybe it's you. Maybe God has dealt with your heart. You're not where you ought to be, and you know you're not where you ought to be. Now would be a good time to come and renew your commitment to the Lord. Now would be a good time to come and pour your heart out to Him. Now would be a good time to come and turn it over to Him. Whatever it is, whatever that so easily besets you, whatever it is that holds you back, now is the time to come. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Now is the time to come. To set it aside. Now is the time to come and no longer be hindered in your walk and your work for the Lord. Now is the time to come. Set it all aside and say, here I am, God. I'm all yours. Now is the time to present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice for Him, which is, which is our reasonable service. Whatever the need is here this morning, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come?